Good morning, and you may see something unfamiliar on on the screen. Welcome back. Great to be back. Excuse the uh, voice if it sounds like I'm congested, but we're coming back from the mountains, and I brought some bronchitis with me. So, nice. uh, but glad to be back in the saddle. So, uh, Lori and I did a phenomenal job, if I do say so myself. <laughs> Yesterday was uh, was a fantastic cuddle, uh, but. Before we get to all the good stuff, tell us about your trip. Tell us about the mountains. Tell us. The best. So for those of you that are familiar with North Carolina, I was up in the northwest corner. Uh, the clo- you know, the towns are, of Sparta is the closest town. But if you're familiar with where Elkin or Jonesville is, it's just up the mountain from there. And uh, for me as a kid, I grew up going to this very big mountain house every summer. It's on the price side of the family, which is my mom's side. Um, And when my grandfather passed away, that house went back to his side of the family. And there was a bit of a rift between my grandmother and the girls who took it over. And so we then started going to her family's property, which was just down the road on on the mountain. And so I've been going back to my grandmother's house for the last, I don't know, I guess 10 years or so, more than that, 15 years. This was the first time. So I, you know, we, we figured it out a way to rent the house from the other side of the family. And we stayed there. James, Elise, his daughter, Remy, Gabby, myself, Jules and Kai all stayed in this five bedroom house um, that is right down the road from my grandmother's. And then we had everybody come to us. So it was as reminiscent of me being a kid as it could possibly be. And uh, it was incredible. I mean, just you talk about reliving your childhood and just sitting on the porch, telling stories, watching the kids play in the living room that I played in, watching them play in the grass in the front yard. Um, Just absolutely incredible. And so something that we will continue to do for the years to come is go back to that house and, uh, and, and continue the family tradition, which I think is really cool. It's not the exact same, but the same as when I was a kid, but the core is there and being able to carry that on, it was just unbelievable. So, uh, you know, I, I remember that house and that's one of the, the sad things about divorce is that I, I lost that property. too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> is what it is. Well, uh, welcome back. Um, certainly good to, good to have you um, cruising through the end of June. Um, I, I, I don't even know how to bring this up, but the Gators did not even show up last night. Tough. Baseball's tough. I mean, LSU has been a phenomenal baseball. And it was fun to watch it in the mountains because, you know, it's a few other things going on. And when you turn the TV on, we got to watch that together as a family. But, uh, yeah, unbelievable. I mean, LSU's run was ridiculous. Well, well, how do you uh, beat a team by 20 runs and then come back and lose by 18 or, you know, it's actually that's a topic the, uh, I'm going pretty deep on right now. That's the beauty. That's the beauty of baseball. No, it's called dopamine. It's human. It's human. And and it's really the cause of significant wins and extreme letdowns. It, and I'm going very deep. And like Sistel is going to get all of this on Wednesday because the core value for them that we're covering this month is inspired. And in order to understand inspired, you have to understand motivation. 
and to really understand motivation, you have to understand dopamine. And so I've been spending hours listening to Andrew Huberman, who is a, a, oh, a biologist, a biologist, yeah, and does an unbelievable job of explaining it in layman's terms with some scientific jargon that you got to work your way through. But it's dopamine. It's when you have a peak that high, you feel and you allow yourself to feel all of that. It, it's only it's it's human nature and it's actual physiological fact that you have a significant drop and it becomes that much harder to get your dopamine back to baseline because you don't actually have it in your brain, which makes it incredibly hard to get motivated and actually act. Dopamine is responsible for your motivation and your action and you can't do it. So it's unbelievable to watch it play out in sports and now have, and now have this understanding of what it, what's happening in your brain when these things happen. So um, I want you, first of all, will you video that or record it so that I, we can dig into that? <laughs> Please bring it to the huddle. But um, if anybody out there um, is feeling bad today, you, you, you have to. Yeah, uh, Got to have some, some, uh, some, some, some sympathy for, for Jake. Jake's flight to, Jake's flight to, to Seoul got canceled last minute in the middle of the night. So he had to redo his trip, and now he doesn't take off until tomorrow. So uh, major bummer for Jake. It's like a day of wastedness. Like he, probably, he's probably. Well, that's what I told him. I was like, you should just go to the beach. Like, you should just go to the beach and hang out and make it a make it a relaxing day. But proud of his his like when I when we were texting about it, he was like, we move. It is what it is. We can't yeah, do anything I, about it. So I, we move. I woke up to take him to the airport. I walk outside, and you know how we like mess with each other. It was yeah. like. Yeah, nah, I'm messing with you. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? <laughs> Usually it's no, not really. Right. So anyway, um, lots of good stuff. Welcome back. Let's wake this thing up and get back to leadership conversations, which we know when Lori's in the house, we're talking leadership. <laughs> So before we get going, I just want to uh, give Mitch Ziffer the microphone for a second. Um, true, man. We a lot of teams here got to the dance and nobody brought home the parade. Uh, something to be said for that, you know. It's hard to, it's hard to win. It's hard to win. Hard to win. Period. So. It's hard to win. Period. So speaking of winning, um, uh, you had a great time out in Las Vegas a couple of months ago with Bradley. Uh, Bradley puts out great content. I think it was an honor for you to be on it. Shay did a great job of cutting that uh, interview into a little pieces. Here's a little tidbit to get us started on the leadership conversation we're going to have with Lori. Coach, my question is, is what, what, what define leadership? Is owning your behavior and, 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 and using your behavior to be able to affect others in a positive way. I'd say that's a simple definition of leadership. 
So pretty, pretty if cool. Only, if only it was that simple. Oh, but it really is, Lori. Oh, but it really is. Like well, that, let's I hear mean, it. Let's go. Let's go. Well, no, I... I'm like referee go (laughs) no I don't disagree with what you said at all yeah I think the harder part of leadership is and Casey and I drove up to Tampa together yesterday and we were talking about this it isn't so much about owning your behavior while I believe right that's key to to me being a leader sometimes the other part of it is not owning other people's behaviors but helping them right to take own their own behaviors own their behaviors. and we take. talked about that accountability we talked about we one of the things we talked about on the huddle last week realistic expectations if i share with you what you can expect from me guess what that means you get to hold me accountable There's- but when we ask people who are not really yet there what can i expect from you Sometimes the answer may be different because they're not ready to be held accountable. So that's what I meant by that. But I do agree with you about behaviors. Well, so part part of that conversation with Brad was like, and to me, this is where like all of the leadership blogs and all of the leadership conversations always circle around like, here are the characteristics of being a great leader. And like those characteristics are great. But if you can't embody them first, then it's a waste of time. Because you have to live them. You have to have them in you. You have to hold yourself accountable to living that way before you can use your behavior to impact others around you. I think far too often people view leadership as me directing everybody else through my words and through some kind of motivational speech. Like I think back to like any given Sunday and like the classic, the inches in front of your face. People think that's leadership. That's not all of leadership. Well, he lost him. He froze right in there. Yeah. Good. Now I get to say whatever I want. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what happens. I think you knocked him out. Well, what we do is uh, while he's trying to regain his thing, we yeah. uh, I picked motivational music this morning before we finish our conversation on the mistakes that CEOs make. Um, and that music reflects um, it's Tim McGraw that talks about living where the green grass is. So, uh, Shay, give me motivational music. Marching into the night They disappear to the left and right again Another supper from a sack A 99 cent heart attack I got a pounding head and an aching back And the camel's buried in a big straw stack I'm gonna live where the green grass grows Watching my corn pop up in rows Every night be tucking close to you Raise our kids where the good Lord's blessed Point our rocking chairs towards the west And plant our dreams where the peaceful river flows But 
But Tim McGraw just yeah, gets me. He's, all the time. he's just so cool. Um, Mark is back. Uh, Mark, okay. were you able to hear the uh, where the green grass grows? No, I heard nothing. I just uh, I my Chrome completely quit on me, so I got he was on my tuning phone. me out. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna see. So what happened? What did I miss? So I was, oh, you uh, missed it all. Motivational music was a tribute to where you go up to the mountains. And it was Tim McGraw, I want to live where the green grass grows. So We listened uh, to a lot of that this weekend, actually. I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. And speaking of North Carolina, I, I see that uh, Mr. Valdez is yeah. here. Um, good morning, Gino. Nice to see you playing golf with the coach. <laughs> You're living the dream, living the dream. Okay, I want to get to today's double up topic. Yesterday, we started with seven mistakes that CEOs can make. Lori nailed uh, number one, accepting the status quo and two, never stepping away from the business, which is we know, Mark, you just stepped away from the business. Let's get into three through seven, relying solely on their own perspective, which is really, you know, a CEO who is not interested in dialogue. So uh, comments. Go ahead, Mark. You want to go? For that one particularly, I think, yeah, I think it's been the killer to every organization that I've ever worked in. It's it's lost good talent. It's led the team to stagnation. It's led the organization to repeatedly do the same behaviors over and over that may have gotten them to a point of success, but then did not allow them to go from where they were to the next step. I think the, the ultimate understanding of continuing in success is that what got you here is not going to get you to where you need to go. Maybe the effort will, but you're going to have to do something new. There's going to have to be evolution. There's going to have to be iteration. And if you're relying solely on yourself to have all the answers, you're pretty much guaranteed to fail. Lori. So I think one of the things that I love about uh, our team, especially our senior team is um, it would be easy for me to do that. Um, and there probably were times where I did, but I know that when there's something I surround, I have people around me who have different perspectives, right? They may be different generations. So they look at different things. They have different experience. And I think I'm doing myself a disservice and the organization a disservice if I'm not hearing their opinions and their perspectives. Um, and so I love that about our team is that you know, they'll, they don't, they're not afraid to say to me, you know, well, we, that's one way of looking at it, but here's another. Right. Um, and I, I think it's critical, critical, <laughs> critical. I can't say that enough times. That I mean, we hear a, other perspectives. There was an old school mindset that said, you know, I'm the CEO, so I need to be better than everybody in the organization. You actually don't. The, the, and the, the next one is it talks about letting ego get in the way. I think those two live together because the idea is to bring smart people around you to help you make those decisions. You're in the seat where you're responsible, but to be totally informed by the people around you. I think what happens is most people and anybody in the huddle, you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, Am I intimidated by the people around me? Because I think the role of everybody is to train the person to take their job. 
People want to move up in a company, can't move. Nobody's going to move you if there's not a replacement for you. So you need to train the, the person below you to come up, reach your hand down and bring them up and your ego gets in the way. And this whole idea that I need to have every answer gets in the way. I think it gets in the way of every single business person, not only leaders. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. And that's number four, yeah. letting go of your ego, right? So this one's my favorite. Number five is, um, this is a big mistake, making erratic decisions. So uh, Lori, we'll let you start. So you and I talk about this in coaching, right? Um, and I've come to learn, as you call it, right, to let things marinate. And so because sometimes you think you are so right about the decision, but then when you think about it, or you keep listening to it or you keep reading it or whatever it is you're doing, you start to think, well, maybe that isn't right. Maybe maybe there's more to this. And so I think I've started saying to my team, you know what? I need to think on it for a couple of days. Um, and I think that's that's important. But, you know, sometimes you're caught up in the emotions of it. All. Ah, so so I Shay will tell you this. Um Shay was part of the old company and part of the new company. You know, there were days that Shay would block people from getting in to see me and go, you don't want to talk to him today because I was off in the weeds and which is not acceptable behavior to be erratic. Like, how is he today? Is he good? Is he bad? Whatever. If people can't count on your uh, continuity as a leader, you're ultimately going to fail because people can't trust you to make a decision because it's the whim of the day. So I was that leader. I was that guy that if I had heard bad news or something else happened, you had to stay away from me. Mark, you're shaking your head. So yeah. Trust me. There was, I always had to like navigate, like <laughs> I've got something to tell him. How can I kind of figure out what's happened in the day when I got home from school, figure out whether or not it was the right time to tell him. Uh, but no, I, I just think, you know, consi we, we, it doesn't matter really how you talk about the term consistency always wins. And if your people can't look at you and see consistency, it creates a environment of fear or of timidness right I, I remember vividly working at florida state for jimbo who was i mean as, as as clinically bipolar as anybody that i've ever been around and it created an environment where everybody walked on eggshells everybody was tiptoeing around the office and trying not to do the thing that was going to set them off or trying to avoid the landmines which get becomes more and more difficult as you need everybody in the boat giving maximum effort and being completely bought in. So, like, when you look at the things that sever teams, like, you know, infighting or, you know, um, people holding their voice or silence or finger pointing, like, all of that kind of stuff <laughs> comes from a leader who can't be trusted and doesn't give you the safe space to, to make mistakes and to, to just allow whatever happened to happen. It's not going to be good all the time. So if you react negatively every time something bad happens, then everybody becomes afraid of the bad things happening 
which then leads you to a place of complacency and no risk taking. Well, it also self fulfills itself. Then it's right. all right. All of a sudden, Lori, right. you're, you're un unbelievably quiet. <laughs> I was letting Mark go. Um, no, I and I agree. I mean, I think there are times, and and again, Casey and I were talking about this on the road trip yesterday where no matter how much trust there is, there are just going to be some people who are never going to speak up for their own reasons, right? Their own insecurities, their own fear and all that, no matter how comfortable um, you try to make them. But I also think there's another part to this. It, it, there's also a part of what decisions do are, are most important to me. In other words, I, I was talking with somebody on our team yesterday and it was regarding the organizational chart and there was a piece of this. I turn my perspectives, why I thought this way might be might might work out better than that way. But at the end of the conversation, it's her team. And at the end of the day, I'm going to hold her responsible to get the results. So here's my perspective, just so that you can ponder it. Yep. Whatever you decide, I'm good with. Because at yep. the end of the day, you have to feel comfortable with this. And you're the one who has to get the results. So, so being what's interesting about up. that, Lori, is that that's one of the mistakes that CEOs make is relying on their own perspective, teaching the people that are responsible leaders, hey, you don't have to rely on your own. I'm dealing with this with one of my clients where somebody is so afraid to make a mistake, they're making mistakes. Right. In a leadership role, instead of saying, hey, can somebody put their eyes on this and tell me what you think? Because and by the way, this might not be a mistake. Right. Her, her, her right. Thought, she could be right. She and, could and, be and right. So I, and I was so just the, giving the my flip side of that. The flip side of that is the person that you're dealing with, the leader that you're dealing with, then has to go. Okay, that was really that was her perspective, right? And that was actually really good. It made me think differently. Or I don't agree with it. That doesn't feel right to me. I'm gonna go with what I think is the best. And I'm willing to live with the consequences of that. And I gave and, her permission to do that. Right. And and that's so that's the key part of that is I think. Whoa, 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 not, whoa, 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 wait. You're saying that you need to let the person step in front of a train? <laughs> I don't yeah, get that. dude. What? If you know better. And you don't know better. It's the whole point of the conversation. Wow. You don't know. It's your perspective. You think you know better. Well, years of experience. I mean, there is some reason why you're wearing, you're in the CEO seat. Somebody's got to make the final decision. Depending on the severity of that decision, if they're sure. driving the truck off the road, you can't let them do that. You have sure, to. but if we're talking about a team member right. elevating somebody, you're, you're talking about them building their team the way they want it built. And if you're going to rob them of that, then they're going to deal with a team that they didn't build. There's somebody playing in a seat that they didn't want playing in it. So now when bad things happen, they're going to go, well, you told me to put the person in the seat. You, you wanted them there. And now you're not happy that they're there. So now there's discontent, there, there, there's discontent throughout the entire chain. I'm not happy with my team. I'm not happy with you. And it all points back to the fact that you gave me your perspective not to offer me the right to make the decision, but to tell me that I was wrong. That's not offering perspective. That's I telling me I'm wrong. I know this doesn't happen very often, but I actually agree with Mark on this one. <laughs> because <laughs> I, I said to her, this is my perspective from this vantage point. I'm up here. I get it. You are closest right. to those people, right? So you may know things about their management or their abilities that I don't know. I'm giving you my perspective from here. 
you're here in the trench of it. Here's the perspective. When we left the conversation, think on it, whatever you decide. And we both agreed we can fix this, right? At the end of the day, if it's not working in a couple, two, three months, so we just make a government to the team. At some point, there's the general of the army that is the final decision. And okay. so not the, on not on the infantry. Dude, you're right. you think that the, the president of the United States who runs the army is going to decide who becomes a sergeant? No way. No. More generalities that if there's a final decision to be made, the re become CEO and you have the final answer. You it know, depends on what the decision is. If the decision, is, the decision is whether that person on the team reports directly to her or reports to somebody else on her team, <laughs> I, I don't, you know what? If I got involved Jeanette, in a decision Jeanette, like that, I'm doing the show by myself for that. <laughs> that's my final decision. <laughs> Mark, that's okay. We'll get our own show. There, there, are, there are times when the CEO makes a decision and everybody in the organization has to say, all right, this is the direction we're going in. So everybody's got to be on board with that a thousand percent. But in the terms, of leadership development and developing leaders around okay. you, you every time you rob mistake. them of making a mistake, you rob them of the opportunity to learn. Okay this is that. not a mistake that's going to kill the organization. Right. right. So, Lori, you and I are speaking about things that hard decisions that need to be made and need to be communicated. Leaders may not like that, but this is the reality, man. You, you know, we've just discussed this situation. So I think we're both. I think all of us are saying the same thing. It depends on the severity or the outcome of that decision. Empowering people below you and teaching them that making mistakes is okay, I agree with. So, so Hayden has it right. Micro versus macro. You know, I'm, I'm used to dealing with macro decisions. You know, in my coaching practice, that's what I'm dealing with. I don't really get in the, the weeds, but I'm up here. And when there are... Um, organizational decisions that need to be made that are, you know, tr you know, tragic, you know, or critical is a better word. I, I think you got to step in and say, absolutely. I to play out this scenario where a CEO should step in is if you make that decision to move somebody onto your team, right? And now time has gone by and there's not the, the, the standards not being met. Now it's my job as whether I'm the CEO dealing with the president who's dealing with the VP of sales or whether I'm the, the CRO dealing with the vice president of sales who's dealing with a district manager. doesn't matter. That, that chain is still the same. I got to talk to you about, well, you wanted to bring them on the team. What have you done to develop them? Talk to me about how you've brought them along because one of you is failing in this, in this I scenario. I, if, I love it. To Mark's point, if I tell everyone on our team that if you run a program, a project, whatever it is you're leading, that you are the CEO of that, that project or Correct. that program, okay? Your budget, it's your budget. You have input into Listen, the budget. I am, with you guys. I am with you guys. We are way, way over time. Just Don't a final announcement. Tomorrow, tune into the Steve Noodleberg huddle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, before we finish, because number six, I just have to touch on it, is right about getting guidance. Coaching, coaching, coaching. And I'm not saying that to promote the Noodleberg, but. No, you should be promoting yourself. You would be a great coach. <laughs> I, I mean, we talked about this yesterday. There's a couple of people that I'm working with. But you know what? You, you've got to have that coach or that crew or 
or that advisory board, as you call it. So don't underestimate the power, right, of that. So that's Mark, the, then, Mark, bring us home. We have, uh, what is today? Tuesday, it's Tuesday. Cool Tuesday. Cool Tuesday. A reminder for everybody who's not signed up for the newsletter. This uh, th this bi-weekly tool that's out right now is the virtual coffee scouting report. So we've actually put together a document for you that you can use to check the box on whether or not you've done your research and fill in the gaps so that you walk into every new conversation prepared to be an active listener and do everything you can to set it off on the right foot. And by the way, even if you know what you're doing with virtual coffees, it's a great reminder. It's, it's an organizational tool, baby. Toolkits. So a great conversation like yeah. always. We went totally, totally over time. But Lori, thank you once again for thank your you time. For if you're interested in hearing about her coaching philosophy, which she was taught by the best, um, <laughs> <laughs> reach out and have a virtual coffee with her uh, bark you and me tomorrow hopefully jake will be in the skies can't and, wait uh, let's get down to business let's go bye guys Ma, please don't worry about me i'm about to let my heart speak my friends keep telling me to leave this so let's get down let's get down to business let's get down let's get down to business